Hey there, my name is Joshua, and you're listening to my point of view on things. Um, this is my first podcast, and I chose to do a mini-series. I've been, I've been told that I have a very interesting perspective on this, um, and I chose to do a mini-series on my podcast. And if it takes off, I'll probably continue doing my podcast about other things, but this mini-series is... I don't know how long I choo- I want to choose to do them. Uh, I may do an hour. I may do three hours. I don't know. I could easily do that. Um, but a little bit about myself. I'm 31 years old. I have a wonderful family, three beautiful children, a fiance. We live here in North Carolina. I was born in Germany before the wall came down and flew to the States in 94. <clears throat> Uh, just your average working American, uh, got a great job, just getting through life, rolling through the punches, and, well, what I want to talk about today is the beast that comes up out of the earth. There's been numerous interpretations about this, and... That's what I'm going to be going over in my little mini-series. I've been studying this for over a year now. And I welcome uh, constructive criticism. Insults is fine. I expect it. Um, Poke holes in my theory. By all means, I welcome it. Because at the end of the day, if we're going to be honest with something as serious as the Bible, then we got to be safe. And when we find contradictions, we should go back to the drawing board. We should start over again. So that's what this mini series is going to do. We're going to go through this theory and it's going to take a while to catch up with where I'm at personally with the studies But with only me studying it, you you can't trust that. You you have to have group study. And that's that's what should be encouraged. So I'm trying to approach this from a mature manner. And we're going to see why as I go through the beast that comes up out of the earth. Now... With the Bible, there are numerous translations, and a lot of these translations are most often influenced by their culture at the time. That's why there's unicorns and cockatrices in the King James Version. But the message is still the same. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing the English Standard Version. Uh, I highly recommend cross-referencing. You're never going to get, like, you got to cross-reference different translations, Okay, St. Jerome, he did a decent job, but there was some, there, there are some uh, mistranslations with his. So that's why we got to be safe and do cross-referencing. Um, but as I go through it, I won't be doing it. I won't be doing the cross-referencing, but I'm encouraging you to do it as the listener. So we're going to start off with Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. Uh, Actually, I am going to start off with something else. I'm thirsty.
Okay, starting with verse 11. Then I saw another beast rising up out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. <clears throat> so, what we have here is a subject, a prepositional phrase, and two metaphors. <clears throat> Let's study each one. A beast rising out of the earth. Now, this is the second beast of this vision. We see a beast before it. It came up out of the sea. And this beast is made up of different animals. It's got the, let, let's, let's read it word for word. It's got the, uh, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Beast that I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like a bear's and his mouth was like a lion's. Okay, this beast, it came up out of the sea. Now, the area is important. If one comes up out of the earth and another comes up out of the sea, if we can find what each one means, we can understand this verse a little bit clearer. Well, if you're familiar with prophecy, sea represents peoples, nations, and tongues. That's in Daniel, that's in Revelations. Um, so, a sea is a group. In a prepositional phrase, it's a group, which makes sense because this beast that comes up out of the sea is made up of three animals, a lion, a leopard, and a bear. These three animals also appear in Daniel, and they're listed in a order and assigned to kingdoms. You got the lion, Babylon. You got the leopard, Medes and Persians. You got the bear, Greece. This fourth kingdom is that fourth beast of Daniel. Okay, and even when we continue reading, and even if we take into account Nebuchadnezzar's dream that Daniel interpreted, it says this fourth kingdom will be a kingdom on earth in the end days, and it will divide into ten. And keep reading, three will be plucked up, and one little horn will rise in their place. <clears throat> so, okay, we've identified this beast out of the earth to be this fourth kingdom of Daniel, to be on the earth in the end days, to later divide into ten. Alright, so let's keep let's keep reading Daniel thirteen eleven. <clears throat> We've identified this beast out of the earth. It's the fourth kingdom that's already here. <laughs> it had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. <laughs> two metaphors. So, we're first we're going to find it had two horns like a lamb and it had two horns speaking like a dragon. We're going to break down each of those metaphors. Go ahead and separate the metaphors so we can understand each one at a time so we don't get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, two horns like a lamb. Well, there's a problem. Lambs don't have horns. A lamb is a baby sheep. So we got to find out what a horn means. Now, John, he isn't told what a horn means until Revelation chapter 17. Daniel is told what a horn means in Daniel chapter 7. Both Daniel chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 17 says the 10 horns you see are 10 kings. So a horn is a king. So this fourth kingdom that's on the earth in the end days has two kings like a lamb. Okay. But the two kings also speak like a dragon. Well... What's a lamb? 
in respects to the scripture, you know, with the Messiah as the shepherd, then a lamb would be a follower. It would be a, it would be part of the flock. It would be a Christian. So the king would be like a lamb. So it'd be Christian like, but speak like a dragon. And Revelation chapter 12 tells us the, who the dragon was. It tells us the dragon was the serpent of old, Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, like the accuser. So, but how would, how would Satan speak? We got to look for an agenda. <laughs> the very last verse of chapter 12, Revelation, says the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold testimony of Jesus, and he stood on the sand of the sea. So we see the motivation here. We're looking for a kingdom established by a Christian-like king that will make war with those that obey the commandments of God and hold testimony to Jesus. Now, if we keep reading chapter 11, verse 1, or verse, not 1, verse 12, we're slowly going to see how this individual is going to attack those. How he's going to persecute those who obey, who obeys God's commandments. And... What we get here is a poem. It, 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 it's a type of poetic piece of scripture to show how this individual speaks like Satan, causing those to be persecuted that do obey God's commandments. Now, mind you, we've already identified the beast out of the sea. That's Babylon, Medes and Persians, and Greece. And we're going to see here in the continuation of this poem, it's the first beast. That's Babylon. Babylon is a consistent subject in Revelation. Very consistent subject. So, I'm going to go ahead and rip the band-aid off and say it's Constantine the Great. Now, mind you, I'm given so many verses here to where I have to prove or even suggest that he did this. So he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence to make earth and his inhabitants worship the first beast. His mortal wound was healed. Well, that healing of the mortal wound, we're told that it will divide into ten kingdoms. It hasn't divided into ten kingdoms. And this is something that's going to be covered very, very, very broadly in this mini-series. Um, and I do welcome people poking holes in it. By all means, poke holes in it. I, I'm, I'm welcome to it. But to make, if Constantine made everybody worship Babylon, what... What commandment is that? He made him worship another beast. That's the first commandment. Have no gods before me. Constantine the Great, he did away with the Passover. And he brought in several pagan holidays. Several pagan holidays that even if... Like, we're, we're given evidence of Babylonian paganism throughout the Old Testament. They were exiled to Babylon. Um, 
there are some like baking of the bread for the queen of heaven. Um, I don't really see none of that, but I mean, I don't know all the holidays being practiced. I mean, I know that there's Lent and that would be in Ezekiel. That would be the weeping of Tammuz. It sounds very similar. It might be, it might be altered a little bit, but even when we look at such things as Christmas, Martin Luther was the first individual to ever put lights on a Christmas tree. How, what was the evolution of Christmas? We don't know. It, it passed away in history. We may never find out. Maybe like through hieroglyphics or something. I don't know. But <clears throat> Constantine Gray did in fact bring in sun worship into the religion into the theology, into the gospel. He did do that. And even when we study some of these Babylonian gods, there's a lot, a lot of similarities, even with the titles. That's something that's going to be going over in the mini-series. So, this mini-series may have several episodes. It may have 10, it may have 15, it may have 5. It may just depend on how long. I just want to sit here and talk because I ain't got nothing to do. I don't know. So let's keep going. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. That's, that's one verse, but it's not the whole sentence. And by the signs that it was allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. So he does he does two things here. Two things here. In that first verse, the first part of the sentence, he, how did Constantine the Great make fire come down from heaven and earth in front of people? What commandment is that? If have no gods before me was already done like that's already off the list so I can't say oh well it's doing that no I can't do that that would possibly be taking God's name in vain <clears throat> so how did Constantine the Great take God's name in vain well <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 28 verse 9 will tell you Taking God's name in vain today is actually how they used to curse inanimate objects in biblical days, if they would have. It's not how the English language is worded. I don't condone. I don't condone saying "God damn it." I don't because it, it does get irritating to say like to, to hear. It does. It's kind of like somebody like like nails on a chalkboard. It it can be irritating, but it's not. It's not taking God's name in vain. Well, Proverbs twenty eight verse nine says, "He who disregards Torah or law or commandments, even his prayer, is an abomination." Constantine the Great was a member of the Sun Cult, Soul Invictus, that people now call the Statue of Liberty. That will be another thing, in another episode. Um, like it's it echoes there are huge echoes of this uh, and by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast that deceives those on that dwell on earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was won by the sword and yet lived now 
Constantine the Great saw a cross in the sky. What commandment is that? That's have no graven images. When we get when we are given the biblical definition of a graven image, it says, Because you did not see any image, likewise do not make any image, not in the likeness of any male nor female, nothing that swims, slithers, crawls, flies, not in the shape of anything, nothing of any representation of anything on earth or in heaven. So I feel like when Moses was inspired by God. He tried his best to pretty much dumb it down to where it was no graven images. And because one of the things that he listed was indeed a shape, and the cross is indeed a shape, Constantine the Great did see a cross in the sky, which would be the Babylonian sun god, or not sun god, shepherd god, Demuzid or Tammuz. Um, there's a lot of mockery in the scripture against Tammuz as well. Tammuz was, or Demuzid, in the story of Demuzid, he went to hell for a woman, uh, in Nana or Ishtar or something. Like, there's mimicry throughout the religions, um, which is why the Messiah says he is the good shepherd because he basically went to hell and conquered it for you know, his followers, his, his bride to be. So we keep, we keep reading, we keep reading. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak. It might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Okay. So he does two things here. He, he gives breath to the image of the beast. Constantine the Great said that the cross said, in this sign, conquer. He said that right at the battle of, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, the Milovian Bridge. Uh, and that's what it said. It said, in this sign, conquer. And he calls all those that would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. He, he made a chiro and put it on all of his military's equipment and basically won that battle. He unified Rome through like that sign, through that sign, he did conquer. Now, <clears throat> the Chiro is a is a representation of the starogram of the sun god Utu or On. I can't remember. Cannot remember. But it's very similar. Like a lot of people, they go and they say, oh, well, the Google Play Store emblem is the Satanic Triangle. Like, dude, like, there's so much. Like, it doesn't even mean anything anymore. Like, it's just, it's just there at this point. Well, we keep reading. We keep reading. And we got three commandments knocked out of the way. We got verse 16 and 17 left that call into the last commandment and that would be the sabbath day the sabbath day is the only commandment that has like any kind of like relativeness to economic like an economic value uh also it causes both small and great both rich and poor both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead let me explain that right quick right hand or the forehead now we know this beast has two kings Right, we know it has two kings, so I don't know if the second king is going to do like RFID chips or anything. I don't know. 
I do not know. But what I do know is that the marks on the right hand or the forehead, that, that's the same thing with the Torah. The Torah, you're supposed to bind on your wrist and your forehead. That's symbolic of knowing it and acting it out. It says that the Torah will be painted on our hearts. Our hearts are an autonomous organ. They beat, they pump blood by themselves. So if the Torah is supposed to be painted on an autonomous organ, then it, the Torah being love will be an autonomous action. It's not that hard to understand. But with this that like the Constantine the Great, he pulled off so many miracles and he gave the people what they want. And remember, the heart is a deceitful thing. It gave the people what they wanted, so they believed it was in their head and they acted it out when he made the venerable day of the sun the new Sabbath rest. Now, when you talk about the Sabbath day, there are some arguments as to when the real Sabbath day is. Uh, there's a, a supposed lunar Sabbath and there's a supposed seventh day Sabbath. Um, I keep the seventh day Sabbath. Uh, and what I do is I just don't go to work. That's what I do. I try to avoid other things, but come on, I got, I got family. I got a baby. Like I'm not, no, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob prefers sympathy over sacrifice and that's a message that has been preached both in the old testament and the new testament that nobody seems to understand so taking all of that into account with the argument which one is the real sabbath i don't know i ain't going to pretend to know and as far as i'm concerned that kind of ignorance is okay if you go back to the Torah, the children were allowed into the promised land because they were ignorant. It was because of the ones that knew better and did so anyways. They were not. Okay, those who don't know the history are doomed to repeat it. I'll go through it in my mini-series. Um, the last thing, as far as the Sabbath day, there's an example of people observing the Sabbath day obediently after the crucifixion in Luke chapter 23. And these two women were with him since the very beginning of his ministry in Galilee. So if they believed he didn't preach against the Sabbath, then he didn't preach against the Sabbath. And I'm not going to listen to anybody that says otherwise. And even Paul says not to do that. We've had the Bible for centuries and it's something that people have become puffed up with and it's just ignored. Uh, I don't understand it. But I don't know, man. I don't know. But that's going to be maybe. Maybe people poke holes in it and have change of heart. I don't know. So then we're left with this calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. <clears throat> okay. Now, Constantine the Great does not equal 666. <clears throat> Let's go over how to calculate the practice. Jewish gematria. Jewish gematria has been seen as an evil mysticism. 
you can't say that. You're giving context where there is no context. Jewish gematria was the Morse code of its time. It was even practiced by Gentiles. They were considered Gentiles from a Jewish perspective in Pompeii. Um, so I feel like it's a legitimate route to take. So I took it. I took that route. Um, so now I got to find out, well, what's the name? What name do I calculate? Well, his name is Constantus in his native tongue. And then he had the title of Augustus. And then after his father passed away, he gained the title of Rex. Uh, him gaining the title of Rex, this is another prophecy uh, that I will be going over in my miniseries about Constantine the Great being the first horse of the apocalypse who was given a crown. And Constantine, in fact, was given a crown. Uh, there's a lot more into that. That includes the living creatures and their significance in the four horses of the apocalypse. Um, and once again, I don't know how many episodes. and I don't know what kind of length I'm going to do. It's just going to be when I can do it. Uh, I'm going to try to do it every uh, every Saturday. Um, but with Constantine, Constantus Augustus Rex, he gave the title of king, and Rex is Latin for king. <clears throat> and then you translate that to Hebrew, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce. <laughs> and there's several Jewish calculators out there, but there's something different. There's something different in the grammar as far as how it's how it's written out now versus in the first century when Revelations was wrote. See, a lot of Bible scholars, they say, well, Revelation was written around 70 AD, and others say, oh, no, it was written around 90 AD. Look, it was written before the end of the first century. That appeases both parties. And once again, anything happening after Revelation is wrote is subject to fulfillment of prophecy. As soon as that pen lifted that paper, anything that John would have wrote could have happened. That, that's how prophecy works. Um, and that, that's would have been how Nostradamus worked and other the Mayan, like it, it would have been like that. Well, in the Mayan calendar, no, not really, but. So, I did it through a a Dramatria calendar uh, calculator that you can find on Google. But that's not going to be wisdom, is it? No, that's not me supplying wisdom. I've got to have wisdom to do this. And you can't just go off my word. You need to see it for yourself. So, how do I do this? Well, I go to the Torah. And the Torah says I need two or three witnesses to condemn somebody or to even make a judgment. So if you go to Google and you type in Constantine 666, you will get you'll get a few links. You'll get a little Facebook thing that I tried creating in the past. And I ain't really got the time to do a Facebook. I might like unpublish it. I don't know. Might do something else with it. <clears throat> but then you'll also get two links to a forum site. Both forum threads are created by the same user. 
he was banned from that website, but he goes over Constantine and he actually explains how to calculate it. Now, he did it through a, I think you said it, he, he wrote up a Unix program or Linux. I, don't, I can't remember if you said Unix or Linux, but that's a computer company. Uh, well, not a computer company. They uh, do operating systems. They're freeware or openware and all that good stuff. Um, but he did it and he goes over it and both of his threads. So that's two links on Google by him. He actually shows you how to calculate it. Um, and then there's another one. It's a blog guy. This blog guy, um, I don't know his name. Um, he was suspicious to Constantine Gray and he created a blog about it. So that would be my second witness. Would just be a suspicious person about it. And once again, just because he's suspicious, I don't know why he believes it. He might believe it for the same reason I do. So, I mean, I could use him as a witness. And then he even supplied a newspaper article where somebody had graffiti, Constantine is 666, on some building. So, I mean, there's people getting suspicious of Constantine the Great being a false prophet. And which would actually be a test of God's love according to Deuteronomy chapter 13, which is the Deuteronomy is the Torah. So I want to close this off with saying that, look, the Bible is an immersive story, right? And you can tell it's an immersive story because of prophecy. And when things happen, the people, they're supposed to go with the flow because that religion, God tells you from the very beginning, you will be set apart from everybody else because you will actually live with your God. You will be different than everybody else. And that's the great, that's the covenant. That's the Ark of the Covenant. That's the covenant of the Ark of the Covenant. That as long as you abide by God's commandments, then God will live with you, but you have to be patient. Okay, so at the end of the day, what is the theology that the Bible actually teaches? And it's not that bad. Like, it's not. I don't see why people took it and ran another way with it. I don't understand it. And that's what's caused division, even in the church. And Paul, he speaks against that too. And that's what I want my, all my, 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 that's what I want my mini series to be about. And... <clears throat> Uh, to close this off, um, I understand that this theory of Constantine the Great um, could do, it, it, it could change the way a lot of people perceive the theology. Um, it could cause a lot of division. But, but that's something we're also told. We're told by the Messiah that, you know, he came to bring division. He came to bring a sword. He came to separate the sheep from the goats. So this prophecy that he gives to John in the book of Revelations 
would be that revealing of him to John. That's why it's called the revelation of the Messiah to Jonathan. Um, in, in my mini-series, I'll go over a little bit about the Messiah's uh, name and why he doesn't have a name. I'll be going over more about Constantine. Uh, and, and I'll be going over a lot. Like, there's a lot to it. And I do welcome people to poke holes in it. I do welcome it. <clears throat> um, criticism will probably be laughed at because I haven't done nothing to you. And that's just who I am, I guess. Um, I, I try to understand. I try to see reasoning. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be a dick, then I'm going to call you out on it. Um, I'm open to questions. Uh, I, I do know that there will be a lot of questions. Uh, I will try to go over them questions. I might even do a Q&A at the end of each podcast. If there's any way for listeners to reach out, I don't know. Once again, this is my first podcast. I'm still learning. Uh, if there's not, I will create one and let y'all know in um, the next video. Uh <clears throat> As of right now, if there is not any way to reach out to me, then just follow for now and I'll see about it in the meantime. Uh, I'm not looking really to give out any personal information. Uh, I'm not really one to put myself out there. I've tried to record this podcast for hours and this is the first time that it's actually gone all the way through uh this is raw it's not edited and it was hosted by anchor and anchor so far has been really really easy for me to learn but i still but i still got a lot to learn so don't let the fact that i don't know if you can't reach out to me uh discourage you from starting a park podcast with anchor because i don't know i'm still learning um but that's it. If you want to know more, uh, just uh, follow my podcast and we'll see where this goes. I'm once again open for suggestions. People poke holes in my theory. I hope everybody has a safe week and I will be back next Saturday. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.